Hello everyone, and welcome to this Nintendo Life, episode 126. My name is NBZ, and um, I am Spider-Man. i tell you what I did, NBZ. Tell me. While I'm, like, deep into Spider-Man, I was like, I own a few Spider-Man comics somewhere. I'm going yes. to my, raid my house for them. So I oh like, went, goodness, and, yes. went and found them. I've not tweeted a picture yet, but I've also got, like, a, uh, what do you call it, a DK... You know, the, you know the DK books in like the UK you get them yes yeah yeah d- they, uh, d- maybe it's an American company I, I don't know but it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. the ultimate guide to Spider-Man written by Tom DeFalco okay and then I also have the amazing Spider-Man July number 7 I don't know what year that is um, it's, it's got like a US price at the bottom so I assume I got it in the States a while ago and is it's it called, like, 2001 when we went to America and bought stuff at the Marvel world he, it might be but I feel like that was a different comic I remember getting a Spider-Man comic there I really do so um, this this comic is called Brave New World apparently okay and then I've also got a Captain America one called Sentinel of Liberty so yeah. Yes, I, th- I think I have the Captain America one as well. I actually think that is the first time I'd ever heard of Captain America is when I got that comic. Um, right. Yeah, because I think most people wouldn't have heard of him until, like, the Marvel films became yeah. quite big. And, like, this game, Spider-Man, Marvel's Spider-Man for PS4 has just been mm, Marvel's like, Spider-Man. I want to read a Spider-Man comic. That's what it's done to me. So, yeah, here we go. Anyway, that's I'm not a Nintendo combo. video game, but we're <laughs> going to talk about it anyway because it's the game of the moment. Um, so, yes, welcome to the show. Bally is here. He's been swinging around New York, so have I. Um, it's been a good time. Uh, and, and yeah, we're going to talk about some video game things today uh, and all the things that we love. Uh, and, yeah, and one of those is going to be the, the guy who climbs on walls and swings about. Just like the classic uh, good old days where we spent two days straight playing Spider-Man 2. Um, that is that was... is how this game feels. I mean, uh-huh. we'll get into it, but it, it definitely same the same feels like course through my body when I I play the, playing this game. Yeah, and just just saying, this game would be better on a GameCube controller. I'm just you know everything's <laughs> better on a GameCube controller. Just going to put it out there. Uh, anyway, uh, let's uh, get into what we're going to be talking about today. What are we uh, doing on the show, Bally? Uh, we have been playing so much that we thought we would do another two segment show. Uh, where first segment we're going to talk about what we've been playing. It's going to be a bit extended. There's a lot to cover, and then second segment. It's not happened yet, but we're going to the magic of editing will put it together. We're going to talk about the Nintendo Direct. Uh, that's been obviously delayed a week due to the earthquakes in Hokkaido, but will hopefully be happening tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow being Thursday, the thirteenth. Yes. Uh, yeah, 13th well, of we're fortunate that I think I don't know. It's weird timing that it's worked out, worked out better for our podcast. Uh, strangely enough, yeah. But, hey, that's how. So, second segment, go. we're going to cover all the ins and outs of that direct uh, when it happens. 35 minutes of, of fun. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some interesting things in there. I'm, I, I feel like some of that stuff, like the Mega Man 11 demo and like Civilization sure. 6, maybe would have been in there and then other companies had to announce their stuff. So it just kind of happened. But hopefully there's some uh, some interesting stuff in there. 35 minutes is quite a long time, especially when you consider a lot of their stuff recently has been quite compacted. Uh, and so you'll kind of bullet point your way through it which means there's yeah. potential for a lot and of we, announcements we even got a date for the online service which i think is the yeah. 19th of september I sure i can't remember it's whatever that, that means and whatever happens on that day yeah. we'll find so out maybe so. the director will cover that as well, we'll see. potentially yeah um okay well uh with that underway and said and done let's uh let's get on with the show um bally 
what have you been playing? What have you been finishing off? So, um, I finished up Bad North. Well, I, normally I talk about a game games that I beat, uh, but this time this, the game has beaten me. Mm-hmm. Um, this rarely happens on on the show. So, well, this is your first uh, tangle with a roguelike. This Bally. is a, a proper rogue. Let roguelike. me tell you, I've never beaten a roguelike either. Like every sure. single one I've tried, Rogue <laughs> Legacy, Flinthook, uh, all those different types of games, I've not finished them. Right. But I'm like, yeah, I played a good amount of this. I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm done, and that's how I feel about this. So I did get to the final island. I see. I feel like I've seen. Ev- I've seen everything in the game that I needed to see, and then sure. I was defeated at that final island. And I thought. The design of that final island was horrible. Like it had tunnels that link up across it, and I I just really hate tunnels in this game because you have to like work out choke points. It's a, it's all a bit more complicated. So I was like not a fan of the design of it. So I actually, this is the great thing about indie games. I tweeted the the developers of the game just to check whether uh, the final island was also part of the the algorithm, like whether it was randomized as well. Because my fear was that the the final island wasn't part of the algorithm and it was separate. But they confirmed, yes, it is part of the algorithm, and that gave me a bit more impetus to try again and like get to this final island and hopefully get a different island that I yeah get a lucky defeat. coin flip yes, so that exactly. it's not that type of island. Yeah. But then I realized that getting to the final island at all, I was incredibly lucky because there are just so many islands that just randomly happen where there just are hordes and hordes of enemies that destroy you and i did another run after getting to the final final island and i got destroyed a couple of islands out from the final island it was in sight and i got destroyed and then after that i was like i'm just i'm not in the position to just keep banging my head against this game and trying to get to that that beat game overall so like I had a great time. I must have done about 10 runs total, maybe eight or nine. And I had a great time. I, I saw the final island, didn't quite do it. Um, there's a lot of luck in this game. I'll just put that out there. It can well, get... I mean, that's what happens with randomization, doesn't it? It's, right. it's always going to give you some sort of role that may not be in your favor. And it's about the adaptability, right? And just being able to deal with that situation. And yeah. sometimes yeah. you're going to get lucky and have a one that's easier for you. And, and sometimes sure. it's not going to be so simple and one, so. And, i need to check if you can do this but one thing you could do is every time you face a difficult island just note down the name of that island and then next time it turns up in the algorithm try going to a different island sort of thing so i think that's maybe a strategy uh, okay it's kind of gaming the system to. Uh, degree, so do you know for sure that that's how it works is the name of the island will have a it'll be permanently that type I uh, believe, yes, I believe the islands don't change themselves, but the order th- changes. And okay. then sometimes you'll just... And there's lots of points in the map that you, there's a choke point where you have to go through a certain island or so. So I think they that there's a minimum difficulty that they ensure you have to uh, pass, like a threshold. So. Sure, anyway. yeah. That was a bad, bad, a bad north. I was going to move uh, a on bad to north. A, <laughs> there, a way go. out, a bad north. So yeah, yeah, it was great, but yeah, tough. Um, I also, you were up in Edinburgh, MBZ. Yes. We played the, maybe, well, the co-op game of the year. Came out yes. back in like February, right? It was quite early it was it quite. It was maybe in March, April, I think. A little bit later, but yes. Uh, the follow-up to Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, which is one of my favorite games of all time, um, mm. from the mind of Joseph Farris, a.k.a. Fuck the Oscars, dude. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, A Way Out, which is a cooperative game. Actually a cooperative game this time, as opposed to Brothers, which was a kind of single-player co-op game in in a lot of ways. Mm. This is built for couch co-op. You sit down with a friend, you you 
take these two characters who are in prison um and you play through their story basically and we did the game one is, go with a lunch break we did yeah so it was it was around six hours total but i'm glad that we did it all in yeah. one go because i think it definitely pays off um and it's a very interesting game overall i i really enjoyed it i think you were probably enjoyed it more than i did right um and i think some of the things that bugged me about it were more oh it kind of is doing a little bit of budget uncharted not only the fact that faris's brother is one of the actors who looks like a knockoff nathan drake <laughs> is a little bit funny yeah. um the uh, and... italian american nathan drake yeah exactly like really bad accent trying to do an american accent yeah. that doesn't quite work uh and there were just some sections near the end that were like oh this is kind of very low budget uncharted and is is not doesn't feel great um and i've seen it before and done a lot better uh, in terms of not only the storytelling but i think just some of the mechanical stuff going on there as well uh but it is very unique and i think one of the most unique things about it is the way it handles camera angles uh, and cinematics because mm. there will be moments where i would be in a cutscene, but you would still be walking around so right at the start of the game when one of us enters the prison uh I am standing there being checked and like being stripped down naked and you can see guards going past all the prisoners and while meanwhile you are upstairs and you can literally take a look down over the railing and see me standing there even though I'm inside a cutscene at the same time mm, um, mm. which can lead to some goofy moments later yeah. on when you're maybe talking to someone or in a, in a cutscene and I would come along and just like move my character model yeah. around and shake it about in the background to really ruin the immersion <laughs> and I was like that's very funny it does take itself fair, fairly seriously I feel the game so it kind of does jar a bit when you do goofy stuff Yes. more so than it might otherwise in a, a more light-hearted game perhaps yeah exactly because it's quite self-serious i think those moments are like this shouldn't be in this game but the, you're able to do it you're able to break the uh the moment uh, and make something that should be quite emotional uh, not emotional in any way yeah uh, yeah which and- i i like to some degree i like it when games allow you that freedom to be a bit stupid with them um, sure sure but but yeah, maybe it goes against the the nature of it. Liking a game for maybe not all the right reasons, I guess not or not the sure. re- right reasons in terms of the way that the developers want you to enjoy. It, I guess is a better way of phrasing that. But yeah, totally. and th- like I agree. I think for how serious the game is, the writing is not the best. And no, it's pretty. The right. characters are really not deep at all almost and no but they are like they're weirdly funny uh especially leo who is the character that you played as who is he just says the most outlandish things and says his line delivery is in such a way that it just made us laugh so many times because it was so bad there's like this homeless guy sitting on the street and he just goes up to him he's like man you're a mess man or some shit like that God, sort yourself out what are you doing? sort out your life it's like what are you doing to this poor homeless man oh my goodness so, he's very like, not self-aware i would say that and that's definitely the maybe the negative side of the game with the characters and the story but i will as... to some degree but also there's there's a weird kind of um b-movie-esque thing about it that is endearing um like with leo just i i do think that there is 
a quality to his character that he was written to be serious but the way that the game delivers that it makes it so that it's totally the opposite and he feels like this very like goober kind of character as i, I sure. think i referenced when sure. we were playing um, and and his character does kind of fit into the really over-the-top action and like you said uncharted like um experience like this game really goes places when it comes to like some of the action sequences and the things that you're doing in the game that i i had no idea about uh before going in and right generally i mean they didn't control amazing but they kind of controlled well enough where we still had a really really good time and they were fun and exciting and we and were it helped doing... with the pacing i think as well yeah because a lot of the early game is quite slow very is, slow yeah it is puzzle solvy it is um narrative driven uh in a in a way that sometimes is a little bit um i don't know hard to get past and there are some moments that happen it's like you're almost gonna get past this point and then you yes. have to go back and do this other thing and there's right a bit exactly of, yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot the of false endings false in that endings, uh, yeah. first start part of the game where i was like ah oh, really we have to do this again like go back like, and... come on let's go yeah but then the you're never doing the really exact same go. thing again but it is no. one of those like oh we should probably have been out of this situation by this point but we're not so let's just keep going and maybe i don't know pad it out to some degree um but i think once you get past that particular point in the narrative it starts to pick up a lot more and it gets mm. a bit more varied um there are some fun things in there in terms of like mini games right where you can there's one where we're throwing a bit one player was throwing a baseball and the other person was using a baseball bat so it's basically just a mini wii sports moment almost yeah um there's lots of little mini games like there's a connect four and things that you can play yes. against each other and it's just you can arm ways. wrestle each other which is great yeah. fun and that's such um, a big part of this game is the amount you're interacting with your partner and doing things together whether that's yes. part of the story quest or just a bit of fun on the side and that is that is the core message of this whole game that obviously links into the the ending that i don't want to spoil no uh, but, but it is like if you know what joseph Farris does with right. the ending of the last game that he did he makes a point uh and, and he yeah. he does something that you may not expect exactly. and is something that works to what the game has been built built around basically right it's another brilliant example of what makes the medium of games so unique like this yes, game exactly. does that just as well arguably if not better than brothers in my view personally i would say I brothers thought... does it better personally for me right. um but i i still think the delivery of it this time was excellent and i think yeah. that it's it's a smart thing and like i, I keep wondering what he's going to do next and how he's yeah, going to try to to you know change expectations which is interesting i i really loved this game um i like you said probably more so than you mbz yeah i i thought that i i came away from this with a better feeling not not a better feeling than brothers the first time i played brothers at your house i had i was incredibly positive so i don't want to necessarily put it above brothers in my mind right now but i think i was definitely i left this game wanting to think about it and look up stuff online about you know different things and mm-hmm. people's reactions and I, I this game really captivated me in a way that i was just wasn't anticipating at all um yeah and i would highly recommend checking out this game if you have a co-op partner it doesn't take long it's, it's decent value and the whole i mean if you're splitting the price between two people and likewise you can play online i know we played couch co-op and that is probably the best way but this game just i think you can play online with only one person buying the game which is like a, a neat little thing this game it is does yeah to help you be able to play with someone else 
Unless, of course, you are doing it on PlayStation or Xbox, in which case you have to pay the online fee in order to even access True. it. Fair but, enough, yeah. Which we dodged because we which played it on PS4, but did it in person, so we didn't have to. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I I really did enjoy it as well. I, I definitely think, you know, it's it has its rough moments and it has parts that are, are bad, but that initial choice of like i don't know which character we're going to be i was like i don't know this is how we're sitting right now how about i do this person on the left you do this person on the right and by the end yeah it's yeah by the end it's like oh okay like we both had a attachment to our characters in a way that was very interesting uh, Mm. by the end of the game for sure um so you do build that up something that we didn't care about at the start we cared a lot more about later on and that that was a cool feeling i wasn't expecting for sure yeah it's it's very unique and you know i i I want this guy to keep making games even if they have flaws and are a little bit um you know not super well put together or or polished in some areas yeah his ideas and the way he implements them are just very different from a lot of what I've yeah and when doing. you think about narrative driven games that have voice acting and these things like that i would argue the vast majority of games that really get those things right are often much higher budget and a game like oh for a sure yeah is quite clearly a bit lower budget um but for for the budget that it's, it's got it, i thought i thought it did really well and yeah it was it, it's a very unique video game in the same in a similar way to the way brothers is quite a unique video game and mm-hmm. there's something about L- less unique in a lot of ways though like as i said I, I do think it comes off as a knockoff uncharted at points um and i think that's oh, yeah, where yeah, it gets weaker yeah. in terms of its uniqueness but yeah it I, still I, goes places and does things Definitely. that yeah was cool anyway great that's a way out yes uh so yeah recommend it if you have some someone else to play with uh and then bally there's we, the the big we played one the, the big one marvel's spider-man um yes. and we are actually just discussing before the podcast we're actually at a similar stage in the story which i want to yes. say is roughly halfway through perhaps maybe i, I would say probably two-thirds two-thirds um, you think yeah yeah well we're roughly the same area i think i've done a, quite a bit more side stuff i'm a few levels higher than you you are um, yeah i i'm really positive on this game so from the start i found the combat was really good i love i've loved the combat the whole way through but i definitely died a lot at the start of the game um yeah definitely i agree i I think it's because guns are so powerful and sometimes being aware of your surroundings is tough one of the drawbacks i have felt so far is the lack of any sort of lock on or switch to camera it feels quite difficult to deal with a lot of enemies around you because sometimes they will be out of sight and so you might be beating up on one guy and not see that a a dude with a gun is standing behind you Um, and there's no real easy way to do that because the way the camera works is it it moves in sync with your combat abilities and because you're flying around the place so frequently it has to adjust so that it's the best angle for what makes the spectacle look good i guess i don't know it feels like it's built around making you look cool and so it's maybe to the detriment to some degree of your perceptibility of the enemies around you and being able to deal with them effectively and it it does take you a little time to adjust to that and be able to like dodge out the way Mm. correctly and move your camera stick fast enough because combat is pretty quick and you are doing a lot at once so yeah um it does take a, a bit of you know getting your hands around but i mean thematically the things that you're doing in these combat sequences are 
incredible. I've not seen anything like that in a fight system in a game. Like you are Spider-Man in the sense that you are slinging webs, you are zipping from one area to the other. You, you, you like using your spider sense to dodge bullet moves and all this, and you can. There's all this stealth stuff as well integrated where you can web up enemies into the ceiling or just drop down, beat a guy up and kill him and then get back up sort of thing. Like, I feel like that whole mechanical system they've gone for feels so comic book and so Spider-Man that in a way I wasn't expecting. Right, and I think so much of it has to do with the quality of the animation. It is yes, just absolutely. outstanding. And I think that is why the swinging feels even better is because of the just the body movements, like the the way he arcs his back, the way that he dives, the way that he backflips and side flips and mm. jumps off walls, like the interaction with the environment when you're running up buildings off the side of buildings, do little flicks and uh, things that are very spider... Like they build a lot of the character of the uh, charisma and cheek of spider-man into his moveset to the degree that that really brings across his character in combat and in traversal which is just such a smart way of dealing with it and Mm. it really makes him feel like the marvel spider-man that we see in the movies with just all of the crazy uh, acrobatics that go on yeah and and you talk about acrobatics and like the fight mechanics there's like an auto kill combo where you basically press uh, triangle and circle when your little meter is high high enough up and the yes, number the kind of, of finishing move a finishing move exactly and the number of different animations they have for that one thing i think is unbelievably impressive when especially yeah. when you compare it to a game like god of war that just came out earlier this year and it had finishing moves where you push in both jo- uh, joysticks and it, 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 you'd see the you'd see the same animation about a hundred to three hundred times in the the course of that game. Whereas yeah, this it's because game, all those enemies, every enemy that you fought, would have the exact same animation. Exactly. And it would be the same one every time. So, like the elves, you would always grab the lance the and throw it through them. Yeah, yeah. or rip this, off the wings. Yeah. yeah. And I talked about how the fight mechanics, like this game, at start the fighting feels tough and the movement feels. And in, in, I actually thought it felt initially a bit slow, but then honestly, a bit, yeah. in a similar way where you talked about powering up in a video you did on Metroid NBC, mm-hmm. I honestly think this does that in a huge way in a three D sense where you feel the traversal just becomes so much faster and easier and fighting becomes you become more you become more powerful like groups of enemies become easier and easier to fight and you you feel this growth of getting stronger that i didn't think this game had in it at all it's kind of like an rpg to a degree like it's kind well, of well i mean it has a leveling system right? right which is one of those things that you don't expect and yet literally every goddamn video game this time of like this century has rpg elements it's to the point where it's just not even a thing that we should discuss because every video game has it right Mm. and it kind of it's weird that we've got to that point in genres where they have just melded all into one but since like call of duty uh, implemented the leveling up system for its online progression pretty much every game since then has had some kind of um leveling mechanic gear system no matter where it's implemented players like progression um and so having a skill tree that you can dump points into having levels that you gain having experience is just a a standard of pretty much any video Mm. game at this point in time um and so yeah i i'm kind of not super surprised by it but in terms of getting stronger I, i agree to some degree but i also think that there's a limit to it uh 
you i kind of found myself and at this point i don't know how many hours i'm in but i feel like i have go-to moves that i use on certain enemies and i'll just do that for every enemy so for example the shield guys i punch them once press the dodge button to slide under them yeah hold yeah. down punch to put them in the air and then just finish them off in the air and that is every time i see a shield guy i will just do the, that exact same thing because that's what works and it works so i do it um so i think that at some point it becomes an exercise in just repeating uh, combos that you have put into place that work and you don't there's less of the management of uh kind of figuring things out because you just have go-to things and it's it's less about making improvisational choices if you see what i mean to a degree i definitely if a wave of heavy guys comes at me i have to respond in a very different way to a wave of a different type of enemy yeah but, you do but it's right, also the same only, response isn't it it's the same response but once they that those things are mixed up i'm i don't mind that as much just because i think the, the mechanics feel so solid that while it gets easier and you just feel more like a badass i guess i think yeah. i i enjoy that feeling a bit like you with fire emblem awakening mbz where you just like yeah enjoy just destroying so i don't know yeah sure yeah definitely. maybe a poor yeah. comparison but i i'm feeling that with this game where it's like yes i'm spider-man i'm defeating all these enemies really easily and it feels amazing like i want i want more i want a, i want bosses i want things like this and that's really propelled me on to want to do more and collect more things i should say where we can maybe talk about the open world nature of this game and i was just thinking like this is arguably only the third open world game i've ever played which is just ridiculous fourth, fourth if you want to count simpsons hit and run which i guess counts it's not really no it kind simpsons of is. hit and run is split into like seven different chapters with seven sure. different mini like areas, seven which... mini open worlds but yeah fine yeah. um i honestly think i will want to 100 percent this game just because the ease of travel is so strong and what, what yes, i meant definitely what i meant by like the fact i've only played three games is a lot of the criticisms i've seen have been like oh it's the same old towers you get collectibles yeah I'm kind of copy sick and of paste that. design copy and paste yeah. with the, sick of that with open world games i'm not burned on that in the same way where i could pick up the next assassin's creed and i didn't enjoy going into all the towers and stuff because i've not i've not experienced that enough and yeah so the, the comp- combining that with the fact that this is spider-man and the world is actually feels relatively small because of how fast and easily it is to to get around because you're spider-man like so the idea of collecting all these collectibles doesn't feel like a big chore in my mind it's enjoyable it's easy fun it doesn't take long and i like i've looked up it takes about 30 hours to 100 percent a game and that's very that's very rare for an open world game these days to be able to collect everything in about 30 hours um, yeah exactly because so, most of them are just so bloated and over the top right it's, it gets very difficult feels like um, it just gives you enough collectibles at the right times to upgrade yes. the right amount if at, at first i agree i and some others have said this that it feels quite overwhelming and i agree it does initially feel overwhelming but after that initial wow there's a lot of things to do it does gradually trickle out more in terms of upgrades and things to do and it, it implements it so well through the main story where it'll do a little side bit to introduce you to oh this is another thing you can do in the open world and here are all these collectibles that relate to that one thing you've just done so i i do like that structure and it feels feels like spider-man 2 it, like it feels so similar the idea of do i want to go do more collectibles or do this main story on manhattan as spider-man is basically what spider-man 2 was and this game just does all those things so much better 
Yeah, I, in terms of that stuff, I was very much wanting to do it early game in terms of the backpacks and the landmarks, like taking the photos and finding those things. But for me, it's because those are quick hits and I can just jump from one to the next. And so my attention is always just flipping on to a new thing. Um, and it doesn't take too long, right? Like collecting the backpacks doesn't take a long time. It's about a hide and seek kind of collect-a-thong thing. And the landmarks are a similar idea. For me, it gets harder when it's like, oh, fight another group of thugs. Uh, and it's just another group of thugs. And it doesn't really take that long. But it is long enough to break my flow because I have to drop down to the street level or I have to drop down onto a building level. Um, and then I have to decide, okay, where am I going next? Whereas pinging from one backpack to the other or pinging from one landmark to the other um, or even some of the stuff a little bit later on that is less involved is what I like the most when it comes to these open games with a lot of varied traversal. As I've said in the past, my favorite uh, types of open world games are ones where you have ease of movement and getting around. So games like the Infamous series, mm. where your superpowers allow you to just zip all over the place, um, and it's really fun to move around and getting up buildings. Does this is easy. feel like that? Then does it feel like Infamous? It feels even more free. Like it feels so wow. much more free. I love fast. that the mechanics of Infamous, right, and how that. Oh yeah, feels. yeah. Infamous is brilliant, and it, I think the the brilliance of Infamous in terms of collectibles, especially in the first game, is actually a little better for me than spider-man because infamous is about collecting shards for the most part when it comes to the side stuff and those shards will help implement your health they'll extend your health bar and just the more you get of them the, the stronger you'll get so the way that works though is because there are um, like 200 of them across the world map and they're all these like tiny little shiny things it's more about using your eyeline and eyesight in the environment to flick from one thing to the other so i barely opened the map when i was going for collectibles and in infamous because they do such a brilliant job of highlighting it in the environment that's, so that's it's your like own breath of the wild i guess as well, exactly like right so it's your that. own yeah. line of sight which in inherently will make it more satisfying to find because you are the one doing the work there mm. whereas with spider-man the backpacks are really fun to do and just tick off a list but it really is ticking off a list because it's you would not have a chance of just coming across them or finding them because yeah. they're put in very difficult yeah, to find yeah. places um and they're just not very uh, like they don't have a good signal around them like you know the, the signaling in breath of the wild with the orange uh, of the the shrines, the shrines and, and stuff very like that clear uh, yeah and, and infamous yeah. does the same thing with the shards it being very like bright and and shiny in the environment which is otherwise a little bit drab and kind of um city like more apocalyptic to some degree um but so that's that's why i feel that it there's a bit of a weakness there because it is more checklisty even if it does feel so good and you know ultimately it comes down to the traversal being so much fun to do that it kind of doesn't really matter because i'm just like i just want to move around this city and i just want an excuse to move around the city right that's what these collectibles provide for me is and it's it's an excuse to not use fast travel or to just explore the city and go around it yeah um but I'd, and to I'd some be... degree the city is not really a place for exploration you know that the street level doesn't mm. offer much you can't go inside buildings you can look inside windows and stuff and it seems like you know they've done a good job of populating those areas but nothing feels distinct or stand out even the landmarks don't really have oh, really I, I, I think character they do kind of 
Like, well, I, I, they look cool, but like, what is there to do there, right? They, the, the the New York that is being created is really just an excuse to have buildings to swing Spider-Man through to get from thing to thing. Sure. The environment itself inherently is not that interesting to me. Number next... one, because it's a city. Number two, because they just haven't put much outside of those uh, checklist things in it. Yeah, I mean, like, the next level would be, like, outside the Avengers Tower, for example, you'd see S.H.I.E.L.D. at the bottom doing stuff in trucks, or I don't know, and then outside the UN, you might have loads of diplomats walking in around. Or even just be able to go inside, you know, some of the buildings and, and have things in there or have side quests that take place around there. Um, but, but on a very basic level, I love the idea that they have included something like the Avengers Tower in this game. It just... Yeah, definitely. It speaks volumes to me. And, like, I... I enjoyed the landmarks and the backpacks, both for traverse, traversal reasons, but also some of the writing and the items that you're getting in the backpacks. I was really enjoying Yes, like, no, actually, I will say that one of the things yeah. that really motivated me to get the backpacks was every little Easter egg that had been hidden inside one of them. And then um, Yuri Lowenthal, who plays Peter Parker, does a really, really good job, actually. I think the voice acting overall yeah. is excellent. The performances are great. Laura Bailey, great as Mary Jane. Like, just really good performances so far. And he just delivers a little tidbit a little line that is voiced about that particular moment in his life that particular thing what was going on then um which is really great for just building out the backstory of this particular spider-man and the the constant uh like the writing everywhere on stuff like the backpacks and the constant phone calls between mary jane and aunt may and um all of these enemies and things who call in and Jonah Jameson like always calling in radioing in like the amount of chatter in this game and the strength of the writing and term and the voice acting is so spot on it genuinely just feels like you're in uh, a Marvel Cinematic Universe film and like that I'm just talking about the flavor text here and there but then once you get into the story which I think is a fairly strong story but i think the characters are better than the story but definitely yeah and i mean i think that i would say that generally when it comes to any kind of media i i feel for me it's always about strength of character over strength of story um sure i mean but very quick comparison i think a way out had a better story than it did characters for example like it can yeah, be the opposite maybe but, yeah to some degree yeah but um i think that this game is fairly strong in both and very strong in characters and Definitely, i think yes the, the timing that it comes into peter parker's life is so much the strength of that like the the relationship yeah the fact that we're not doing the the origin story like thank god for like jesus we've yeah. seen that far too many times and in, in so many different ways and it references so many villains and previous things that have happened and so many of those villains right there's pre-existing relationships between yeah. shocker and like all these other villains before yeah and then like you you will see so many of these things and it links so well and his relationship with otto octavius is so good and um it's it's something that i just was not expecting with this game and the constant back and forth with mary jane and like what is happening there and like it's it's this game has a lot more depth to it than arguably spider-man even should or needs to have but it right really gone for it in a way that i mean i i've i've not played many superhero games at all but the, the story and 
I want to know what's going to happen and I want to know what's going to happen to those relationships more importantly. Definitely. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I know people have talked about that this is likely going to be a trilogy. Fine, great. I'm not expecting the ending to be overly... It, it's inevitably going to have another game because it's sold sure. like bananas. It's yeah, ridiculous. it's sold like bananas. And like, kind of, when you think about like Sony's owned the rights to Spider-Man for so long, it, it has been kind of a long time before Sony have made their own Spider-Man game. Like it is... Yes. To, for it to come out in 2018 is kind of surprising but i'm so i mean glad. i think it's just this confluence of disney figuring things sure. out um, and the marvel cinematic universe being such a overwhelming success and then being like okay how do we replicate this in the video game space um and the smart thing to do is to go after really good studios who make yeah. excellent games as opposed to farming it out to some random you know third party who just does port work most of the time and does licensed games and they're just not very good we finally i think have an establishment where we are like there's an avengers game coming from square enix and that's going to be developed by crystal dynamics who made uh, the D- tomb raider i was going to say oh, it's really hard because it's not the first tomb raider but it's 2013's tomb raider and rise of the tomb raider um, okay and they're working on an avengers game which may take place in the same universe as this it'd be very right. interesting if we had a video game universe um just like the the cinematic one i would so. i would absolutely love that and like if if those games are anywhere near the quality of this one i'm sold and it's this game I, that's part of the reason i love the fact that avengers tower is there and there are references to like what the avengers are doing even mm-hmm. as brief as it is it's just nice to have and at a time when like the marvel cinematic universe is so sort of triumphant in its successes and there's so many films coming and part of that series is its own series of spider-man films to then have a another spider-man universe essentially because this isn't strictly mcu this is its own thing it's really bold to do its own thing and not just want to tie it in and it's doing its own thing in a way in a a way that's really interesting that i was not expecting about this game at all yeah it's it's very very marvel of 2018 and i think that even goes down to when you're swinging through the city and the music behind you as as soon as you set off just starts swelling uh in yeah it just feels like you're hearing that signature kind of tune from the marvel films and you know there's some things that just make it feel even more 2018 like the fact that jonah jameson is basically based off of alex jones and Uh has all these conspiracy theories and and he you hear him through a podcast not through the radio exactly and on top of that there's like these car chases you do and then some one of the quips that peter parker says is oh you're not getting a five-star review sort of thing and you're like wow uber reference in a Uh video game okay this is definitely not uh 2014 or something this is 2018 and that's cool like it just the writing in that sense just feels very relevant uh yeah it's of the time it works and i i cannot wait for the rest of this story and hopefully a great trilogy of games and whatever yeah. this marvel cinema marvel marvel gaming universe the, the mgu can become yeah. that MGU, would be we'll goodness. see where it goes uh, as, cool. as much as i don't think the side stuff is particularly good and it is very copy and paste design definitely there yeah. are some moments that really stand out for me in the sense that you really feel like spider-man 
when you're swinging through the city and you hear a radio call in and you click on the stick to see where the crime is being committed and it's a car chase and you start swinging after this car that's already in motion going down the highway and you're getting closer and closer and you zoom into it and you take down the guys on the car and you stop the car mid uh, city and then you just jump off and go on your way it feels like what spider-man would be doing which is just going through the city stopping crimes when he sees them and moving on and in those ones especially when it's the car chase it feels so much more natural and kinetic yeah um and that stuff really works for me i'll always stop and do one of those as opposed to oh they're just you know thugs are just standing on the street because it it feels less spider-man because there's less you know you kind of have to stop for a moment almost sure, sure. um uh yeah and then i think the last thing i'll say is they do a good job of incentivizing you to do the side stuff because of the rewards. I mean, they kind of force you, I guess. It's not, you don't have a choice to some degree. Well, well to some degree. But I, I think, like, the skills that you're getting from just doing missions is where you're going to get most of the stuff you need for get, progressing through the game. But the suits and the cosmetics and having the bonuses and just having a suit that you want to wear because it looks cool. Um, one of the smartest decisions they made was to divorce the ability from the suit Very good so decision. you can yeah. wear whatever you want with whatever ability you want. Uh, that was really cool because it means that you can go around being whatever looking Spider-Man you like. Uh, and I think that a lot of people will go after 100% just because they want to unlock all the costumes in the game, you know? Sure. Um, yeah. It's an incentive, and I think a lot of them look really good, and they're just really well-designed, and yeah, it's it's cool to just be a Spider-Man. So we're going to keep doing that until we finish the game, I guess, uh, which I'll probably barrel on through because I've got, you know, Dragon Quest Eleven under my belt as well, so uh, a lot of things to be playing. Um, but yeah, any any last things to say about Spider-Man before we move on? just that it's cool that in this year 2018 it's interesting that tomb raider is kind of the end of a trilogy and then god of war and spider-man might be the start of two other trilogies but we'll see yeah i I like that idea that there's a lot to look forward to definitely yeah there absolutely is um yeah sony have have kind of established a a solid kind of place to go forward in, in the next generation uh for sure uh so the last thing to talk about is a game that i played when i was in edinburgh when i had some time off um i downloaded the messenger uh, on the switch which is you've probably heard about it it's been talked about a little bit but it is basically if shovel knight was mega man uh this the messenger would be ninja gaiden uh in the sense that it is basically a retro style game which still does a lot of new stuff and interesting stuff but is molded after the classic ninja gaiden games of which i haven't really played any i've never played uh, nes ninja gaiden i have watched quite a bit of them uh, through youtube videos over the years and just seeing people play them uh, and it feels like that in terms of the animation and the movement from what i have observed before so you play as this character who is the messenger and they are tasked with carrying this scroll um there is some world ending apocalypse bloody blah the story is surprisingly the story actually gets quite good by the end which is weird to say for a game like this um but the setup isn't anything remarkable uh and so you are going through a lot of linear levels uh which are quite long and extended and i guess uh, around the same sort of punishing difficulty as shovel knight which isn't super hard but is a good balance between the old school stylings and more modern design uh one of the things i don't like about the messenger is that you die if you fall into a pit 
which is the same in Shovel Knight as well, but I feel like the punishment for it is a little worse in this game because it has enemies that constantly respawn. So if you move off screen even just a little bit, you can be caught off guard yeah. and accidentally be That's hit by something. It is very retro in a way that uh, in the back half of the game doesn't really work at all. Uh, but yeah, you can be accidentally knocked into a pit when you've just scrolled something off the screen and it just all of a sudden appears again. And you're like, oh, God damn it, why? Uh, and that kind of leads to some frustration. Um, but I think the most impressive thing about it is its movement system. It gives you a lot of movement abilities, including one of my favorites which is called cloud step which essentially is when you hit an object or an enemy or a projectile you gain an extra jump so you do you never have a double jump but you always have the ability to hit something and jump again and so you can i feel like this game is kind of a speedrunner's dream because it feels like a lot of the enemies are placed in a way that speedrunners can really take advantage of them and hit things and go quickly and just avoid a lot of sections because of the mobility that the game provides Um, and i always love flexible mechanics so things like you know the beetle and skyward sword where it has very multiple purpose Mm. the example i always come back to and i think the idea that you get this cloud step not only from hitting enemies but also from hitting the projectiles they throw out also from hitting like fireballs that come out of the ground um or just any kind of that there are lamps uh, in the game where you will hit them to get currency uh, so they will be scattered around and you hit those to to be able to get it so you can gain it back from so many different areas and it creates some really smart design uh, around that initial section um, now a lot of the way this game was marketed is hey it's this 8-bit world but then oh you switch to 16-bit and it goes a bit crazy um and that kind of happens i would say around the halfway mark of the game which i thought it would happen sooner just because the marketing had been so focused on it but it really is you play through this kind of linear classic almost castlevania ninja gaiden style game get to the end and then it flips and then it becomes something completely different and it turns more into a metroid style game where now you can go back to previous areas which you were only in 8-bit before but now you can switch to the 16-bit version through some specific portals wow and uh, and those portals will open up different areas which is a really cool idea did you Um, know about this before you got there or yeah definitely like the marketing had had made it clear that it was a thing that would happen i just didn't really know the way it would happen okay um and i think the storytelling the way it ties in is actually very smart there's the stuff around time travel uh which is my favorite thing and bali hates as we all know uh so so that was enjoyable but i think the game falls down in a couple of areas because i it was really great the first run through of just going through levels and fighting bosses is so much fun really great boss design amazing pixel art on a lot of them um really creative areas and some fan-fucking-tastic music i think actually this may be my soundtrack of the year uh better than octopath traveler um which is crazy to say but just like shovel knight had that injection of nostalgia mixed with more modern um aesthetics for its music this is just that exact same thing i don't know who the composer is but literally every level i could choose and it would be a great song and i would be jamming out to it um which is what you need in games like that because if you're going to be dying a lot in repeating sections having a thumping soundtrack that you want to uh, kick along to is is very very important um and i'll probably throw that in at the, the break here because god damn some of those tunes are so so good um but 
I would say that that is the strength of the game is that first playthrough going to the end. And then when you have the Metroid style thing, it gets more difficult because there are only certain limited warp points. And so what will happen is you can like warp back to maybe the first level, but you may have something in the third level that is hidden there. And the only way to get there is to just go all the way back through the level again. And it takes Mm. a lot of time and especially with the respawning enemies if you're going backwards again you're going to be running into those constantly and it feels like a lot of the design elements around metroid style games aren't here because the game was built as a linear game to start with so you still have to go back to checkpoints if you accidentally fall in a pit um and you still have to basically replay all these areas even if you want to go back to this one place um you can warp to it through some of the save places but then you can't go back to a specific save spot there are very specific areas you can warp to if you want to fast travel and you can't be very selective about it i really wish they'd implemented a a way that you could just go to any save point in the level kind of like what celeste does where when you go back to the level you can kind of go to whichever section of the level you want because they're really large and in this game they don't let you do that so i multiple times was struggling to find where i needed to go next or what i needed to do especially because the second half of the game has an adventure gamey type of feel to it not super heavily but there are some items that you need in order to unlock something else which has a puzzle involved with it which means traveling through the past and present and the 16 bit 8 bit kind of thing Mm. um and so just figuring those out was a little bit tough um and it meant that i was going through these areas multiple times like i remember going through this one area like three separate times and not figuring it out and then having to go again once i looked it up and and figured it out again and it just felt like a bit of a slog which is unfortunate um now the game does have a hint system which it provides you with so you can pay your currency to be like oh it'll just put it on your map it'll be this is the point you need to go to next um and you can just go there there is this guy who's called the prophet who gives you uh kind of cryptic hints uh so you can use those to maybe work out but if you don't know what he's talking about then it's hard for you to to know like which area do i go to and and what specific place should i go in the level it does a good job of showing you what you haven't accessed yet um so it's very clearly defined like where a square ends and where you are able to move to a new area um so if there is something on the map it'll be pretty glaringly obvious it's like oh there's a blue line there that means i can go through that door or there's an area underneath this that i can fall into maybe there's a time warp area around there that i can switch to and then i'll be able to get get access to it um so it does have um the option for you to make it a bit easier uh and it is doable but i think i i should have probably done that earlier as opposed to muddling my way through and just i I was getting a little burned out with it but Mm. it does have some new stuff in the latter half of the game which feels maybe a little bit out of place when you're doing so much backtracking exploration um and that stuff is great uh one thing and i'm not sure if this is consistent with everyone because i heard on rfn they were talking about it uh, and greg Leahy was saying that there were some frame rate issues but it got rid of them when he reset the game and because i played this game start to finish without ever closing it the game never had that chance to reset right and so later areas the frame rate was tanking horribly uh, and i was just very very annoyed because there were moments where i was like pressing the button it wouldn't even jump like i'd have to press like Ugh. three times for him to move Jeez. it was like that bad um so hopefully that's not something that is consistent with everyone and and maybe i just got unlucky there um but those later areas are 
really cool in terms of the stuff that they throw at you with puzzle solving and, and kind of arenas with jumping puzzles as it were like using enemies in midair um as jumping points for getting a cloud step to go up to a higher area and stuff like that it's generally really well done and it just feels very smooth and and fast and and satisfying and killing enemies feels really great um and there is a skill tree that you unlock a bunch of abilities that make you stronger as as we've said every game is an rpg so of course it has it in it um but yeah i i overall really love the game i just think it has some flaws in the latter half that make it a little bit bogged down Uh, and i wish it was a bit more streamlined if this game had been half its length and had just been that first section i would have come away completely glowing it probably took me around 10 hours total to finish um so not overly long but maybe longer than some of these games tend to be slightly Uh, longer than most metroidvanias yeah maybe this it it comes in around that there but that's the weird thing is because it's a game of two halves and the second half unfortunately lets it down a little bit but just like spider-man the moving around the running around is real good in this game uh so it's definitely i would recommend a lot of people pick it up because it's unique it does has some really great ideas and is innovating as well as being nostalgic and that's the best kind of modern retro games that come out these days are, are the ones that are, are taking the risks and doing something a bit unique um yeah so so yeah i i'd say go play the messenger just be aware that if you are not a fan of that kind of backtracking stuff it's not well handled in this game um and i i'm one of those people who don't doesn't mind backtracking it's just sometimes it, it was a little too bloated for its own good um could have been trimmed of some of the fat uh but but yeah there you go that is the messenger um and that is going to be what we've been playing so there you go all the video games and i haven't even talked about dragon quest which Ooh. we'll probably get into next save time. something for next time <laughs> absolutely have to do that so uh so yes uh we will be back after this break where we will be discussing the nintendo direct that we still don't know what's going to happen hopefully it's good uh join us after the break
Alright everyone, welcome back to the second part of the show when we're going to be talking about the Nintendo Direct because it just happened and now we actually know what happened as opposed to before the break when some time warp happened and we're suddenly, look at that magic, now we know exactly what happened. They announced a bunch of, bunch of stuff and there are some significant announcements. How overall do you feel about this Direct Ballet? I'm hot on it. I think it was better than what I was expecting. There was some big stuff in there, even though we know the least about the biggest stuff mentioned. Um, It's not got me overly hyped about the remainder of this year in particular, but it's a good way of filling out that 2019 lineup, which before this direct, I think was slightly lacking, but that's okay because it is not 2019 yet. But I think there's a lot in there to be positive about and just some really weird, unusual drops that, I don't think anyone was expecting that are kind of cool that we'll definitely yes, get into. Definitely. Uh I feel like I'm way more negative on this direct than most of the internet. <laughs> it's a confluence of the way they revealed things as well as the things that were revealed. And I'll go specifically on those, but I think the two major announcements of Luigi's Mansion 3 and Animal Crossing were just not very well handled from the way they were presented. Uh and so it kind of did it like the announcement is cool for both games but i think it was just so poorly handled both times added to the fact that the rollout for this nintendo online just continues to be a fucking travesty that i cannot abide by Uh, and we'll talk about what they mentioned there as well but let's start things off we're going to just run it down and we'll skip over i guess things that aren't super significant for us but kick things off with the luigi's mansion 3 reveal which is cool. It's so good that we're getting another Luigi's Mansion. I love Dark Moon. Uh, I really want to pick up the 3DS game to play through the original because I never owned it. I know you had it yeah. on GameCube, yeah. but you never beat it, did you, on GameCube? No, I played like the first few hours and then gave up like I did with every game at that age. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. It was too complicated to figure out. So I am very down to play Luigi's Mansion 3. As I said previously, though, I think because we knew Luigi's Mansion on 3DS was coming... When they showed this video, I initially was like, oh, they're showing the 3DS game. And honestly, what they showed in that presentation wasn't super different, and it didn't look very unique or interesting. No, the engine looks almost identical, and the types of ghosts and things like that. Obviously, it's higher resolution, but but in terms of the actual gameplay elements, it, it didn't wow me. You know, there wasn't a Mario Odyssey level of, oh, this is new to it. Yeah. So... In that sense, I feel... Uh, at the end of the trailer, I was a bit surprised that it was just Luigi's Mansion 3. I, I was considering it being the case while I was watching it. I was kind of going back and forth. I was like, no, this doesn't look new enough to be a new yeah, game. Maybe yeah. I, I, What I thought is they were porting the original Luigi's Mansion to Switch, like they've done with some other 3DS games. I think the most recent one was Sushi Strikers, where they put it on Switch as well as 3DS. And so when 3 pops up, I'm like, oh, oh, okay, cool. But also, that trailer didn't leave me very excited about the game itself. And understandably, it's going to be 2019, probably a bit later in the year. I imagine they'd hold off for a Halloween release, an October release probably, being that it's Luigi's Mansion. But yeah, I need to see more of that game uh, because it felt more of the same so far. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the original 3D World trailer where it was like, okay, that's a 3D Mario game. That's cool. But this trailer or whatever we're seeing doesn't feel like much that's new not exciting and then like 3d world was ended up having a very exciting trailer far closer to its release and i think that a game like luigi's mansion 3 
will likely have a far more details coming in the future that will make us a lot more excited about the game. Yeah, and I'm sure the game will be great. I'm sure we'll really enjoy it. But right now, my excitement level for it is not particularly high. Because it's... they didn't give us anything to get overly excited about. Yeah, like, exactly. It's it, But it, it's where I give it credit is that it's a kind of a big deal for a direct, in my view. I guess I I was talking to you before we started recording and I was like yeah they they do have big announcements in direct they announced link between worlds in a direct they announced all of the Wii U lineup then of Chronicles X and Tokyo Mirage sessions and I guess even the 3D Mario game no no 3D world was at E3 wasn't it so I'm trying think to think so, what other ones remember. but there there were significant announcements when they panicked and they were like oh we have to show everything that I we certainly do. Th- feel like we've not had a fairly big one in a while maybe with with directs but history would say otherwise for me in terms of we do get major announcements in directs uh we just have to i don't know there have been so many of them now it's hard to keep track of what got announced when but uh anyway luigi's Mansion 3 cool coming to switch a good first party title to kick things off with and then we had kirby's uh, epic yarn on 3ds now called kirby's extra epic yarn good feel uh, of course uh, the creators of this game and they also made yoshi's woolly world and i feel like this is just another way of nintendo filling out the 3ds port lineup for 2019 just to give it some extra juice that 3ds is trucking on like in ways i had no idea ever was going to do and yeah, games like ported this woolly world and, yeah. and stuff to 3ds so it makes sense when you think mind. about it yeah especially because epic yarn is a wii game versus a wii u game for woolly world so it's actually more suited to be ported over to the 3ds uh, but it's a game i actually never played and it's one that i've always been interested in trying at some point and um, people loved it back when it came out so could stick maybe, it stick it in a, a backlog club poll maybe maybe could, yeah potentially see could could be a cool one to do uh, then we obviously have mario and luigi's bowser's inside story remake which sure i mean it's using that same engine that I'm not engine that you just it. cannot stand right it is garbage <laughs> it just makes games look so disgusting they look horrible. i need to play one of those mario and luigi games yes but i please just don't, don't know which one don't play any of the ones on 3ds because they just okay. look horrible i would say your best bet is to download superstar saga which is the first game on wii u virtual console through gba right. stuff there that's probably the easiest sure. way to access it uh, maybe if Nintendo give us GBA games on Switch, then that could be cool, but fuck if I know when that's happening. Anyway, Luigi's Mansion on 3DS still coming out. We've got Yokai Watch Blasters, which is already out. Uh, Splatoon 2, the version 4 trailer, didn't really show much significant. There was like it was some just grenades. A lot, just a lot of style going on. And it's yes. like the, the swagger that Splatoon 2 has these days. It really has. Splatoon generally just has such an identity to it, yeah, doesn't it? It cool. really has cultivated that mm. and i think that they have a very specific style that they're excellent at pulling off um i questioned whether it helps them put out trailers that make any sense though because i didn't really know what was going on yeah neither um, did i but i mean when when this update comes out i might jump in again and splatoon yeah. 2 is constantly doing things that are making me think about jumping and splatoon 2 is my go-to cool. online multiplayer game for switch yeah, me too so. definitely and that's i guess that's all that nintendo are trying to keep us doing is people like yes. us who are aren't don't play it consistently but maybe jump in every now and then and when an update comes definitely give it a go sort of that kind of thing definitely uh then we had Mega Man 11 which uh, this is a case of the direct being delayed by a week meaning some things were announced or came out even in that period of time because the demo came out for Mega Man 11 
the week before, which I have downloaded on my Switch. I haven't played it yet, but I'm very much looking forward to doing that to check it out. Um, but yeah, it's got Amiibo support and all that, which is neat. Very excited to see how Mega Man 11 uh, shakes out. Then we had some update for Mario Tennis Aces, where we had Birdo reveals a character. PT Piranha um, doesn't even use a racket. But yeah. Just What's hits the ball on, with his hands. Yeah, I mean, that should be banned, but really he's even, Peter Piranha. Even so Chain Chomp has it? a racket in its mouth. Yeah. But Peter Piranha doesn't need one. He breaks the rules, Bally. He's a renegade, uh, and we will let him do what he likes. He's so from he... Mario Sunshine. He breaks all the rules. Oh, def- exactly. <laughs> yes, completely. Um, then we had a pretty cool announcement, which not exciting for me, but I think for a lot of retro people, is the Capcom Beat-Em-Up Bundle, which has seven games in it, and a lot of them are kind of harder to access old Capcom brawlers uh, that seem pretty cool, and a couple of them actually arcade games coming to console for the first time. So... I think Capcom really leaning into the classic collections. They had, obviously, Disney Afternoon Collection, the Mega Man Legacy Collections, and I don't know if this one is Digital Eclipse as well, but I would imagine they're probably working on it, uh, which is a cool thing. It seems like they figured out the way to sell their retro games in the wake of Nintendo not having a virtual console service, and I think they're doing pretty well for themselves, honestly. Um, those yeah. collections are it's selling. It's just another one of these collections that fills that gap. And Yeah. Yeah, if Nintendo do now decide to go for a virtual console, they're going to be kind of eating their own tail on a th- lot of th- things because yeah. of this. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to. Like, no, we know that at not, this point. It's so. not coming. Yeah. It's not coming. Then we had the rumor that everyone had been thinking was happening for a while. It is New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe uh, coming to Switch. And that is a game that you have played, Bally, on your Wii U. Yes, it is a good Mario game. But my God, watching that trailer back, I was like, this is the least inspiring 2D platformer I've seen in a, yeah. in a Nintendo Direct trailer in a long time. Like, and you normally... know the worst thing about it is that they're not going to have the best modes from that game because you can't do the gamepad control with two players <laughs> where you just plop down platforms, yeah, which was the it, most fun part of that was, entire it game. Okay, It was interesting. Yeah, I mean, that game actually has some decent time trial modes and stuff like that in multiplayer which i think we had a good time with but yes yeah it's it's there and it's interesting to see with this port where 2d mario goes next on switch like is that mario maker game going to be the next one or is mario getting an entire transformation for the next game like i'm really interested to see the next step so it's i feel feel like it may depend on how well this sells if this does gangbusters then oh fuck we're gonna have another new super mario game i think this will do pretty well actually i think it will um he'll probably do well yeah yeah. just because it's a 2d mario game uh i think the most fun thing about it is the the typeset for deluxe looks exactly like super mario brothers deluxe on game boy uh, when you compare them which <laughs> right. is very cool because that's the other mario deluxe game that we've had in the past uh then we had uh, a cool announcement actually for a game that i've actually wanted to play for a long time is one of those classics that people always talk when about did, what system did this come out on originally ps2 i believe so it's the right. original katamari damasi uh and it's called re-roll which is basically a remastered version of it and katamari is all about just rolling shit up into a giant ball until you're basically rolling the entire earth <laughs> around uh and it's very goofy it's very weird and it's one of those games i've heard a huge amount about and i'd like to try so put it on switch great sounds good to me yeah weird quirky that's everything's coming to switch definitely uh then we had the entire breakdown of the nintendo online service in which nintendo just told us what they'd already told us before the animations they had for like with bowser banjo's bowser jr mario luigi etc it felt like they put more effort into those animations than they did in the entire online service yeah 
pretty much. It, it, it baffles my fucking mind that Nintendo are still clueless when it comes to this stuff. Um, there is just so much wrong with it, and I think that it was neat to see the NES games and how they're laid out, and the idea that it's basically going to be an app, I guess, uh, for the most part, and you'll access games through it. But the launch lineup is incredibly uninspiring. Um, they were trying to be like, oh yeah, so you can play online. Look at games like Splatoon and Arms that you're currently not paying for, but we're going to just charge you now, okay? And will you see a significant upgrade in how well those games run online? Probably not. But hey, we're charging you anyway for it. it. It really does remain to be seen if there is any significant difference in the stability of their online. Or I think Smash Brothers will be the real test. If Smash Brothers comes out and we still have lag problems, even after we are paying for this service, then they are they've just they've fucked up royally. But, but I mean that members receive exclusive offers, and there's more info to come. Oh, great, yes. More info to come on this service that is launching in literally, like, a week. Less than a week. What? More info to come. Fuck's sake. Like, fuck's sake. Why? Why, Nintendo? Why are you so bad at this? To rub some salt in the wound, uh, they announced some NES-style controllers for the Switch, which very weirdly you, you just, just lob snap onto, onto the, onto the, the Switch to um, charge. Fun fact, you can only buy these if you're a online service member. Um... Which makes sense, because you can only access the NES games right, if you are on sure. that service. But also, like, what if someone just wants to buy those controllers because they want them as controllers? That's weird. I saw some yeah. mock-ups online of, like, two N64 controllers just uh-huh. kind of edited yes. onto the side of the Switch. That's where we're going with this. Yep, you're going to get the GameCube ones on the side like that. They're oh going to just God. plug them onto the side, charge them on your Switch, and just... ready to go what an abysmal failure for something that um i think it was kimishima at the time who was saying oh you're gonna want to stay tuned for our online service it's gonna really surprise people no no not in any way is this surprising in fact it, it it should be surprising that a company for the last 15 years who have tried to do video games online have continually failed at it even though multiple multiple millions of examples of games doing online out there exist they still can't get it right and to rub salt in the wound they they show the phone app and they're like well by this way you can have other friends in the room talk on the phone as well and it just gave me flashbacks to the animal crossing yeah on oh my Wii God. and how fucking awful <laughs> so that you was. have a mic that picks up more than one person it's like this is not a selling point what are you talking <sighs> about oh my god yeah. it it's just shit it's just it's fucking so shit uh, and i i don't even know if i'm gonna pay for this until i want to play some splatoon or smash brothers because yeah i don't feel like it's worth it right now we'll get um, it when smash comes out yes good. i know they have us by the balls which sucks but you know what are you yeah. gonna do anyway uh moving on from that depressing note to another one pokemon let's go pikachu and let's go eevee there's a new switch version you can change their hairstyles uh nothing much else to say about that game it looks completely dumb that, that switch bundle is gonna sell like hotcakes that oh, i yeah. think that is gonna be the big seller this christmas it's probably that, that is it looks cool yeah it looks neat actually reminds me of the game boy color yeah. i have which is kind of With gold pichu and silver and pikachu yes pichu and pikachu how do you feel that p uh eevee has replaced pichu as pikachu's ally <laughs> i don't know i actually like eevee quite a bit i think eevee's a cool pokemon 
and obviously all that evolutions are great. P- Pichu is now super retro. No one talks about Pichu anymore. He's I like know. the proper Gen two. Well, I mean, he's, he's going to get uh, the spotlight again because of Smash Brothers coming out. Um, right. But Pichu was weird because they already had, I guess, a Pikachu replacement in Gold and Silver with Maril, like the first pokemon that wasn't the original 150 that i ever knew about was maril and they called it pika blue and it looked it was the pikachu version for that generation so that's how i always think about how that goes and but. tracy had maril in the orange she island did. anime and that was like yes. the first actually technically the first uh second gen pokemon you ever saw was ho-oh in the first yes. episode literally the first episode the they fucking yeah. drop ho-oh out of nowhere yeah. like, what <laughs> that that was bold uh but i guess they anyway look what nintendo made us do we're having a retro discussion about pokemon because oh, they're dear. doing a G- retro because game retro pokemon going game back to uh, yeah their marketing's um, working well we're not gonna buy it so we're not gonna buy it. it's a, i hope that kanto i hope that kanto returns another time in a game that is maybe slightly more aimed at me yeah uh, and yeah. The, 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 this isn't the end of kanto like i, I hope this sure. is just to dip dip your toe back in definitely uh then we had a bit of diablo 3 which was already announced which is cool blizzard's first game on the switch please blizzard bring us overwatch also why the fuck is hearthstone not on switch is the perfect fit come on blizzard what are you doing uh then super mario party which is coming out october 5th saw some different mini games um i don't know i feel like if i was in a different time in my life when i had you know easy access to play mario party all the time i would be down for this game it looks pretty good so far from yeah i've seen if it's got solid 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 two player i might just pick this up and play mm. it with caroline but i need some i need someone to say that this game is really hot with two players and i think it'll probably be best with three or four so i don't know yeah mario we'll party see. you need a group for really to get the right. most out of it then we had a announcement from Game Freak for a game that literally is called Town, for fuck's sake. They That's a working it, title. They called it Town. Town? Is that the best you can come up with? This goddamn town for your game? But this is huge. This is, like, Game Freak have worked on that elephant game and Pokemon. Yes. And this is like the third game i guess no uh so they did harmonite on 3ds which is a really cool rhythm game that i okay. have been meaning to play for a long time they also worked on drill dozer for the game boy advance uh, yes. and uh that game back in the day but you're right they usually don't work on games outside what of is that elephant game did you play it's ah, uh, i can't tembo the badass elephant yes i tembo. think that game should come to switch like why is it not on switch did i you think play it was that a PS4. on pc no, I never played it. Uh, I, I, yeah, I should probably get around to it at some point. But it'd be cool if they brought it to Switch. I don't know why they haven't. It seems like a very obvious choice, especially considering Game Freak's relationship with Nintendo. Yeah. But it's it seems like a RPG where it's all taking place in this single it, town. That that was kind of the turnoff for me. I was like, this world looks really cool. This town looks cool. And then I was like, oh, but the whole game's in the town. Oh. Yeah, well, I, I wonder if of, it has some you know, management aspects, if it has some town building aspects, yeah. and it's more like my life is a normally, cave. Normally, the whole like point that. of RPGs and towns is you move from town to town. The, yes. whole, the idea of staying in one town the whole time, I don't know how. Yeah, I it's mean, work. you know, that's Animal Crossing. You live in one town and you do a bunch of things around it, so they can make it work, I think, and, and mm. make it interesting. But I'll keep my eye on it. It has a cool art style, and it's interesting. Always interesting when Game Freak does something that is not Pokemon. So. Uh, yeah we'll take a look uh then we had city skylines announced for switch which is a game that really took advantage of ea's SimCity disaster back in the day uh when SimCity came out and was just a nightmare and no one could connect with it and had drm and it was just a 
travesty across the board for for them city skylines was a independent game that came out uh, on steam afterwards that was basically giving people the sim city experience they wanted and it seems like now it's coming to switch however the frame rate seemed awful in the trailer and it looks very bad the texture detail was incredibly low it just doesn't look like it's very well optimized for switch and mm. uh, i read a few tweets from uh, laura kate dale from kotaku who said that her experience with it was it was a pretty bad version so mm. i mm. wouldn't i wouldn't go out and buy that straight away i would read up about it look at and see if they're going to update it or something it's cooler games coming to switch but it just doesn't seem well optimized in any sense um and that's frustrating because it keeps happening and we keep seeing games like this come and just not be good versions of the game but yeah yeah i'm I'm, i I do worry that that might become a recurring problem with a lot of ports and games especially like bigger budget more high-end third-party ports yeah um but if it if it's a hitch here and there fine but if it just becomes unplayable and it sounds like a game like city skylines you kind of rely on that detail and yeah right because you're zooming in and out of the city um yes so you know i feel like it's very cool that these games that were originally only on pc now have a console platform that they can kind of work on because of the touchscreen of the switch and making a lot of things more easy to control um and you know we'll get to civilization 6 but i think that's a similar situation um we then had Damon X Machina, which is that game they showed off at E3 for the first time, with a bunch of mechs that look like Xenoblade X. Um, and yeah, just some more footage for it. Some weapons they got for, for When's those When's that game coming mechs. out? The... Next year at some point, oh, 2019. Okay. Yeah, it'll be next year. Hmm. So see a bit more from that. We'll, we'll see. Uh, then they had the final name for the new Yoshi game on Switch, which was leaked a bit early because, of course, the Direct being delayed, there was a Nintendo website listing that had it as Yoshi's Crafted World, and that is what it's called, which still continue to look at that game and think that it's not very interesting from a platforming standpoint. So done with Yoshi. <laughs> yeah, I feel done with Yoshi. Yoshi needs to step it up. He does. Say. Yeah, he needs to buck up his ideas and, and get himself sorted out. But I, uh, it looks great. It you looks know, nice. I, I think it the nice. the crafted aesthetic is just very well pulled off, and Good Feel are just so good at making those worlds yeah. and having them be tactile. And I think it'll and, sell really well. People love Yoshi yeah, games like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah I'm I think sure. Willy World did okay, and I don't see why this would be any different definitely so yeah that's spring 2019 uh then we have a really interesting one that i'm very curious about mm. your take on bally uh asmodee digital are bringing some card and board games to the switch uh through kind of tabletop engines uh so we have the lord of the rings card game which i'm just going to go ahead and say it is literally fucking hearthstone and as soon as i saw it on the screen i was like are you kidding me they just stole hearthstone i think you'll find the lord of the rings card game came before hearthstone no but when, what i mean by that is the the digital version that okay presented yeah, no, I see what is just hearthstone yeah. um i'm sure the card game itself yeah like, yeah it's obviously existed but the animations and everything i'm like you literally just skinned hearthstone with lord <laughs> of the rings characters what are you doing well if hearthstone isn't gonna come to switch someone's gonna take up Ex- that that's space. what i was thinking as Why well not? i'm like well they're ahead of the game i guess so i've not um, played lord of the rings card game i've played pandemic and carcassonne and yes. pa- i love pandemic it's probably the, one of the best uh co- cooperative board games uh and carcassonne is it kind of it it's got its niche following it's not it kind of rivals Catan, but Catan is way bigger and it was yes. cool that asmodee they mentioned that like 
Catan is coming at another uh-huh. date because that is a really cool game. I I love all like a lot of these games, but they are obviously much better in uh hard copy but i think that board games on switch is a really cool idea and i definitely have time and energy to play board games on switch so i might actually pick this up and play games like pandemic carcassonne um and it's the kind of thing that like on a plane you could play a board game on the switch screen and have it take up much less real estate and have a lot of things calculated for you and done that you would have to do on your own and otherwise. if there's like online multiplayer i don't know but yeah we'll see that would be really cool and i really do i like out of those three games um pandemic's good but i really like Catan. if that comes i will definitely step on step into that but uh I'd yeah be well they did announce see, it so i'd love to see where they go next because there's so many the vast majority of board games work really well uh, in digital form so i think it'd be really cool and i think that the switch has such a big audience and growing that it's a it's good for the board game industry for this game to exist like to get people interested in board games um yeah for sure yeah definitely very very cool announcement that i wasn't expecting but actually makes a lot of sense when you think about it um so then we have civilization 6 which also was one of those games that just got announced basically before nintendo was able to do so because of the delay and it seems pretty cool. It seems like the full Civilization experience looked a lot better than City Skylines did, at least. Uh, more well-optimized. And I have been meaning to play a Civilization game for a long time. I bought Civilization Five with all the DLC and everything for, like, five quid a couple of years ago in a Steam sale. And I've yet to get around to it, but I really want to. I really want to dig into this style of game because it's one that I don't have a huge amount of experience with. And a lot of people sung the praises of Civ Five in particular. I mean, you've got uh, a don't... PC, so you've got the, the right thing to play it on, I guess. Exactly, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to dig into that at some point, but it's, it's great that a game like this can come out on console and, and be viable. And yeah, Switch just keeps proving that that's the possibility. Um, then we have the game that's basically just turned into a Star Fox game, and that's all they're talking about at this point. And I don't know... I feel kind of bad, but good for Ubisoft at the same time, because I feel like this game would have tanked otherwise. But I think that, especially on Switch, it's going to sell really well, because Nintendo are basically marketing it as a Star Fox game, with the idea that they even have Wolf in it now. Yeah, exactly, which was cool and we saw hardly any of this game without star fox in it in this direct which i yeah. thought was strange and i'm interested <sighs> to see where this goes it's the smart marketing angle honestly it's the way you're going to sell more copies of it so they might as well lean in to that side and and yeah take advantage of it uh, then we had a couple of jrpgs with world ends with you final remix coming out uh, very soon and xenoblade 2 uh is out pretty much now if you have the expansion pass <laughs> When are you going to play this game, MBZ? Zen- I don't Zen- fucking Zen- know. <laughs> I have no time to play anything. Uh, <laughs> but I will get to it at some point this year. It's the same with Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I'm just waiting on both of those at the moment. Because, um, well, I'm almost done with Spider-Man, but I just want to uh, finish up uh, that and then play a lot of Dragon Quest. And Dragon Quest will take me a while. So we'll see uh, how, how that goes. But... I'll grab this at some point and I will play it because I did really, really enjoy Xenoblade 2 and I think want to go back to that world and see what this is all about. Um, so, yes, I will get there. Um, but now we come to the part of the Direct that I think is my favourite and also the most surprising um, and the best kind of announcement, and that is the Final Fantasy block, which I'm calling it. 
which is when they were like, okay, Final Fantasy's coming to Switch. And I was like, okay, so it's just going to be the Crystal Chronicles thing that was already announced. That's cool, but yeah, we already knew about it. So they opened with that, Crystal Chronicles Remastered, a GameCube game that I've seen all the time when I'm looking through old uh, kind of classic game shops and I've always thought like, man, it would be really cool to play that game because it was based around having four players with the GBAs and plugging them all in. And it was one of those rare ones that did that with the system like four swords adventures and there weren't many that had that strange um like i guess peripheral uh, the link cable use, the link cable um, between the gamecube and the gba which is the weirdest peripheral <laughs> but yeah and now it's coming out and so it's it's a relatively hard to find i think gamecube game um and now you can experience it how it was supposed to be experienced with four players and doing it online even this time which is it's great. Uh, it's really cool. I actually back in the day played a little bit of the DS Crystal Chronicles games with Nick um, and with another friend of ours, Stevo, online, and had a good time playing those. They were kind of fun, uh, like action RPGs that you just get together mm. and, and do some co-op with. Do you think uh, we so could do two-player with it then? We yeah, we could give it a shot. Uh, I think, but um, mm. yeah, it'd, it'd be interesting to visit that game at some point. Then they showed off World of Final Fantasy. Well, actually, I think they also showed off uh, Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition HD before that, which is, my God, it's the mobile game version of Final Fantasy 15 that has now been put on <laughs> consoles as an HD version of a mobile version of an HD game. What a goddamn mess, right? Oh, my goodness, Square Enix. You're, you're a nightmare in, in every way. So... If you want to play Final Fantasy 15 in the worst form, then I guess play that version. I don't know how good that version is. It it's might be it's bizarre game. the idea that you make a game with two starkly different versions like that for different systems. Well, it's, it's the exact same story and everything. You go through the exact same... Th- it's basically the exact same game. Yeah, that's what's bizarre about it. But it's chibi-fied and yeah. mini and... I don't know. I want to play Final Fantasy Fifteen, the actual game, at some point, but I don't think that's coming to Switch anytime soon. So Maybe you're not. gonna have to deal with this if you want any Final Fantasy Fifteen. And yes, then they announced World of Final Fantasy uh, Maxima, which is basically a souped-up port of it to Switch, which is great because I played some of that game at Gamescom and really enjoyed it and thought it was pretty cool, uh, turn-based, uh, kind of more classic Final Fantasy experience, uh, especially at the time when 15 was coming out and some people were more about having a, a turn-based game rather than the action uh, setting that they'd kind of gone with for the new one. So in, I think I'll play that eventually when it comes down in price at some point. Um, and then they announced Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, which is just like a mystery dungeon where you're a Chocobo. Is that new, that game? I don't know. I've, they must have done one of those before, but yeah, it, it seems like a neat like spin-off for super fans. And then they dropped Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age, which they did the HD version of last year. And I have been meaning to play that game for so long. It's a game that I've started uh, on emulator ages ago. And the thing that really strikes me is that game is literally Star Wars Episode One in its tone and aesthetic every cg cutscene looks so episode one and all the npcs are like jar jar binks clones and it's really (laughs) funny how inflected by that style of early um 2000 star wars it is i was very surprised by how much it looked and felt like that obviously the story is you know going to be different and, and leaning into different things but it's, it's a game I, I need to get to uh, as as I need to also get to some other Final Fantasy games which after that they just drop the bombs that Final <laughs> Fantasy 7, 9, 10 and 10 2 are all coming to Switch as well wow 
So that's awesome. Uh, Do we know you can when? Now play, uh, 2019, they said. Okay. Um, you can now play Final Fantasy VII, Bally. That's pretty cool. I mean, yes, that is awesome. I, was, I said I got a PS4 now, but you can't actually play Oh, yeah. It well, there. actually, no, you can. You I was can? just thinking, because they did. That's why they're doing this now is because they brought out final fantasy 7 for ps4 okay. and they also brought out final fantasy 9 recently as not like not a remaster but you know a more modern version you can play on steam i mean i'd way rather play it on switch the idea of that game handheld and stuff yes is definitely awesome that is Absolutely. really cool so yeah um, and then obviously 10 and 10 2 came to ps4 and vita before but now they're all coming to switch and xbox i think all these games as well so everyone else gets to experience the final fantasy and yeah i I find it funny that they miss out Final Fantasy VIII and everyone online is just ragging on Final Fantasy VIII, um, which is a game that I think has less of a following and is less well-loved than these other games. Seven and nine in particular are two of the most well-regarded after six. I would say six, seven, and nine are probably three of the... So I'll play seven next and then nine. How about that? Yeah, that probably makes sense. Right. And ten is also a really good game that I haven't played just because I watched a Let's Play of it years ago and I don't feel like I need to play through it. Um but it, 10 is one of those games that I first remember hearing about when when I heard about Final Fantasy for the first time it was because of Final Fantasy 10. Uh, that's when it made the biggest splash uh, back in the day for me. And yeah, it's cool that all of those are coming. It's a great series of games to just have handheld. It's fantastic. So yeah, I'll probably pick up 9 uh, on Switch um, because I've been waiting for a sale on Steam, but I'd much rather play it handheld. So that seems like a, a good idea. Uh, so, so yeah, Bally, I after your introduction to final fantasy with six earlier this year mm-hmm. we were all teed up to just Ready continue to go. going yeah. maybe they were encouraged by the success of octopath or something or yes i, come I really do think that jrpgs are just swarming to the switch right now because of the success of a lot of those games uh, Cause, but i think Octo- like octopath Blade 2 there's not like a ton of top tier kind of jrpgs on switch and it feels like now that both those games have done very well particularly octopath now is the time to bring everything rpg related to switch yeah pretty much and i think it's just the portable format fits rpg so so much better so good yeah um because grinding is a thing and you know it's a background task and people like to chill and grind so yeah absolutely that that makes a lot of sense and then finally before we close out we had a bit of a smash brothers uh bundle that they showed with pretty lame looking joy cons I, I have to say i feel like in so many predictions and things like that people always guess oh they're gonna reveal this character and then they're gonna roll that character into a new game announcement and it never happens like yes. i feel like this might be the first time it ever actually happened and that's kind of cool yeah i mean i feel weird about the animal crossing stuff because i think it is the weakest smash brothers reveal we've ever had <laughs> yeah because the most recent like between ridley and um uh simon bellman and uh king k rule like the three most recent ones they, they, the production qualities have just been through the roof and it like... really feels like sakurai cg budget was just ran short <laughs> it's all he's spent. like um, it's all... uh well, I guess Animal Crossing's a chill game, so we don't need really need to murder anyone. So I don't know, just have Isabel hanging out in her office or yeah. something. Who knows? You I know? think Animal Crossing characters always have to be filmed at that specific angle, like they are in Animal Crossing. Yeah, and they never, they never seen. I don't know, man. The, the, 
villager reveal trailer, it was CG'd and it was him running from the letterbox and Tom Nook picking up the letter. You know, they did that with villager. Yeah. And it was still in an an Animal Crossing world. They could have gone for that. You're right. Yeah. And that's cool. That's funny because that game, everyone thought, wow, Animal Crossing is coming to Wii U. And then it was like, nope, this is Smash Brothers. And that was like the twist there. Whereas the twist here was like, Isabel's coming to Smash. Oh, and Animal Crossing's coming to Switch. Like, that was... I thought it was cool. Yeah, I... I mean, Isabel's just not a character I really care about. She's a more modern Nintendo character. But she has become insanely popular in Japan especially. And that's why she's in this game. is because the Japanese audience, when it comes to character choice in Smash Brothers, is usually the reason for a lot of the... um, things that get it that's why corin yeah. was put in i saw, Fire I saw Emblem, this dumb know? thing online and i want your opinion so apparently her name is a play on words okay and i, and I never realized this so uh-huh. like what what shape is her head is it a bell it's her, her head is, is a bell shape so it's is a bell she so she is a bell she is a bell we could continue that sentence with another word but <laughs> <laughs> i won't uh for the sake of profanity um yeah, I like it's cool. She looks like a fun character in the game. We have to relate she, this all to like you are fairly burned on Animal Crossing and you went deep on the 3DS version and you're not. I that didn't go super that. deep on the 3DS game. I only played 50 hours of it, which for Animal Crossing is nothing. Isn't, isn't a and, ton? No. Yeah, and I do feel like they need a shake up for this series. It feels very, very. Yeah. I just think we'll stuck get that. I ways. think there'll be some cool stuff here. I just think it's obviously too early, and we only have a title. Well, we don't even have a title. We just have Animal Crossing for 2019. Yeah, but... it's not even a new graphic. It's the old graphic of the original Animal Crossing game <laughs> with 2019 and some really bad, like, wallpaper behind it. It was maybe the most low-budget <laughs> announcement of a game this side yeah. of Metro Prime 4, which Metro Prime 4 had a much more significant reveal that was hype-building and exciting because it came out of nowhere, whereas this one was kind of tacked on to the end of a thing where you kind of thought it might happen anyway and also anyone thinking that there wouldn't be an animal crossing announcement at some point i'm sorry is just off their mind because this is about as inevitable as me drinking water tomorrow it's just going to happen it's inevitable but it has been a very long time but i agree that the idea that nintendo think that they can the idea that like if you're going to do a logo reveal it has to be something like Metro Prime 4. And the idea that Animal Crossing works for a logo reveal, that they're kind of they need to get off their high horse because it's just there's you can't you can't do logo reveals for stuff that isn't that is expected, like you say. Like yes. it's a bit much to to be like, oh Animal Crossing logo reveal. Like you kinda need to see a lot more of the game with the fact that Animal Crossing is coming to Switch. That's what people yeah. people we, we, I'm dying to know how this iterates on the fairly non well, incredibly non-iterative uh animal crossing formula because we need to see new stuff and that's what i want to see in 2019 i don't want to necessarily just know the fact that it's coming out as excited as i am about that and i do think it was good to see it happen i just think that it needed more yeah uh, and we were talking about this before and i just think that metro prime 4 is one of those games that you weren't 100% sure that was ever going to happen, that they would ever go back to the Prime series, let alone do a sequel to that entire trilogy. Yeah, especially uh, and... after Samus Returns and like the 2D had had its yeah. big show. And then it's like, wow, 3D's coming back too. Jeez. 
Well, I mean, they actually announced yeah, it was before, before Savage returned, but but um, but that works with a t- title reveal or a logo reveal because it's unexpected, because it's a surprise and it's something that's anticipated. Animal Crossing obviously is anticipated, but it's not a surprise. And I mean, people, this is the thing that frustrates me about the internet is like losing their mind at every little thing, but. If you didn't think Animal Crossing was co- not coming to Switch, but, like, what planet are you living on? It was It's inevitable. It's just going to happen. The internet is incredibly thirsty for some Animal Crossing, I think. It's been yeah. a long time since a proper Animal Crossing game has come, and I think that's why there's been such a hubbub. Um, yeah, no, definitely. And I, I can respect that. And I know there are a lot of people out there who are a lot more into Animal Crossing than I am right now. And, you know, that's the same thing that can be said for Pokemon. Like, those games are all... And that's why we equivocate Animal Crossing and Pokemon all the time, is because they're incredibly yeah. popular series that hardly change at all. I mean, if Pokemon took, like, a, I don't know, eight-year gap or whatever it's been, and then suddenly had a logo reveal, the internet would be meltdown. It's like, oh, yes. I yeah, think yeah, that yeah. taking their foot off the pedal with Animal Crossing and leaving it a good few years before a proper game has just really built up the hype yeah but th- the other thing with animal crossing is the context of they release a shitty ass board game and a garbage home designer game that was nothing like animal and crossing mobile products game. and a fucking awful mobile game animal crossing products of the last five years have just been terrible yeah so the fact that there is a new one coming out i can appreciate that yes for sure yeah the people would be excited so so yeah that's pretty much yeah that rubs out the direct um final thoughts Spally, on it overall highlights for you i liked it it didn't get me much more hyped about 2019 from a nintendo's perspective uh but 2019 2018 uh but it's got me looking forward to like i said animal crossing and luigi's mansion 3 for 2019 i want to see more of those games it's cool to see that they're coming but we gotta see them like next step please like bring yes it on. we need more we need more and we need it to surprise us oh, and, and final us. Fan- all those final fantasies that is great perfect for someone like me who hasn't played them before even though i own a ps4 i'd way rather play them on switch so i will happily pick up seven and give that a go fantastic uh yeah for me definitely final fantasy is the highlight uh nine especially because that's the one that i want to play and i i feel like this isabel reveal was the weak reveal but i think as a character she looks pretty fun and i think she distinguishes herself enough from the villager to stand out as her own character um so yeah it's it's cool to have her in the game and and we'll be playing with her i'm just wondering at this point how many more reveals we have left because we're getting everyone is sharing that thing with all the me's in their costumes and it's a me costume of isabel and king k rule and there was an isabel one i see yeah and the split uh splatoon kids yes there we go and the fourth one was what was it was it simon bellman king k rule king i said king k rule there's a fourth one in any case the fifth one is uh gino from gino rpg so yes apparently it's written in the stars but i well yeah i don't buy it i don't buy it also why why is everyone all hung up on gino i want to see mallow where's mallow that's what i'm talking about um mallow's another character from super mario rpg he's he's basically like a marshmallow Um, right yes yeah uh anyway i've never played super mario rpg i've just i this is the thing with me bally is i just know everything about video games (laughs) even though i've never played them it's just that's you you just used to love you loved those let's plays you just watched so many of those yes exactly so yes that's pretty much going to wrap us up for the show this week uh thanks everyone for tuning in listening along hope you have enjoyed uh lots of ways that you can find us on the internet and things like that um but first things first we're going to thank our lovely patrons who support us 
and make uh, all our extra shows possible, which we have a new one, Bali, that just come out. Yes, we uh, thank you to our two top top ten dollar tier patrons. They are of course Caroline and my girlfriend Caroline, I should say, and Atari Alex. <laughs> I thought you were going to say for... my girlfriend Atari Alex. <laughs> I'm uh, going to yeah, say that, that at some point. It's, a, it's a, just a matter of time. Um, but yeah, if you want to hear more episode bonus episodes of this Nintendo Life, you can check out our two Patreon exclusive shows. They are TNL Takes and TNL Ranks. We have just recorded, well, just put out last week an episode of tnl takes and our big hot take this time was our take on food we covered loads literally of food. all of food <laughs> all the food from ar- l- around the world we missed out a few places um, yes. but if you want our hot takes on food definitely check that, that out it, it's five dollars but for five dollars you can get access to all 10 episodes that we've released in the past 10 months on our patreon mm-hmm. so it's, it's kind of a bargain to some degree uh so definitely well, recommend look at you all salesmen there, recommend just... checking that out and uh, even more of a bargain it's our longest episode yet on um, well there you go on out of any patreon exclusive show so definitely check that out if you want if you if on those weekends that we don't have a show you just want a bit more definitely recommend it it's 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 a good it's a good time yeah have fun uh recording those uh so yes you can uh obviously uh find us over at patreon.com slash this nintendo life that's where you can support us and uh, yeah you can find us in lots of other places uh you can find the podcast on twitter at tnl podcast that's the best place to go for links to our discord for links to our youtube uh things like that um you can find me on twitter i'm at lord nbz where can they find you bally i'm on twitter at ballyman 91 b-a-l-l-y-m-a-n-9-1 wonderful and you can find the show in lots of different places we're on itunes we're on stitcher we're on various podcasting apps podcatchers as they say and you can just uh, look us up and and find this nintendo life and we should be uh, there and you can subscribe to us uh, on those platforms which is a good thing to do so you'll never miss a show it always gets put into your feed um and also be really good to get some more reviews uh always love some reviews uh, and some ratings on itunes but if you can write one that is a great way to help the show and uh, a good way to let its audience grow and and things like that so that would be very very good if you could do so one cool thing i'd like to mention uh if you just want to come in listen to a bit of a show about a specific video game that we've covered uh you can just go on any of our youtube videos and there's timestamps for all the games all the topics that we cover so if you just want a little snippet you don't want a whole hour and a half of me and mbz shouting in your ear you can just have a quick quick 15 minutes of us talking about i mean who doesn't love a full hour and a half of there's there's a few of you out there but yeah Mm -hmm. so if you just want a little snippet timestamps on youtube yep they are timestamps yeah very good excellent um and with that i think uh, that's pretty much us done for today uh, we'll be back uh, again in a couple of weeks time uh, to talk about some more video games and the apocalypse will continue everything's coming out you know <sighs> xenoblade and q3 tomb raider and goddamn valkyria chronicles 4 is going to be out before Red i can Two's around the corner i mean it's another month away we've got some space <laughs> for that but <laughs> it's not that Jesus. far away <laughs> um yeah i god i want to play valkyria chronicles 4 so bad and yet i have a hundred hours of dragon quest ahead of me and no time to play it expansion just came out as well what are you gonna do i I already said that valley jeez keep up with the times oh my god yeah it's too much um but i i'll i'll play (laughs) we'll get by Uh, don't worry we'll get by we'll we'll survive we sort it out anyway uh yes thank you all for listening uh we'll be back uh in a couple weeks time with some more nintendo some more video game chats some more this nintendo life so thank you and uh see you then bye bye
The musical interlude used on today's episode was The Frozen Light from The Messenger. Copyright Sabotage Studio, 2018.